Hello and welcome back to another Buffy podcast. I'm tr- I forgot already how to speak. I'm so excited about this episode. I am Trevor and I'm Kristen, and we're gonna geek out so hard so about hard. Buffy. <laughs> Today's episode is season five, episode seven, "Full for Love." Double woohoo! Double woohoo. So many woohoos. Um, this is my who- favorite episode of the entire series. Yeah, if you've been listening to us the, this whole time, I'm sure you've heard us constantly reference Fool for Love and talk about it. Uh, it is. It is. I think it's my favorite as well. Um, I've I've fallen in love with it since you're gushing about it since we've oh. ever since we've become friends like i've always loved the episode <laughs> yeah. but i was just always like oh four for love is really great and then every like ever since you and i basically blew up this whole friendship um <laughs> i've just like i've been like she's really into fool for love and then i just watched it so many times yeah. i'm like and she's right it's amazing it's, <laughs> it's so good and here's the thing too is like every whenever i get like really excited about something i have a really hard time articulating my specific feelings on it so yeah. i'm gonna do my best but i think a lot of this is just gonna come out like squee it's so good and I, I feel a little bad about that because i am very yeah. passionate about it and what it does for the characters yeah. But I have a hard time putting that into words. It's just a five-minute episode of us going, it's so so good! (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for anybody listening along and not following along, this is the episode where Buffy nearly dies in the beginning and she turns to Spike to answer how how Slayers have died in the past um, and going on that journey. Um, So we open on Buffy fighting this epic 80s vampire, which... I was so surprised that none of her quips were about his look. Yeah. She kept making jokes about like everything how he but smelled, the, right? yeah, yeah, how he yeah. smelled. I was like, look at this hair on this dude. What are why are we not drawing attention to this? Okay, I already have so much to say <laughs> because I think it's incredibly important and I think it was done on purpose that he is like a 70s 80s punk vampire. Yeah. Because guess who else is those things? <laughs> it's Spike. I think it's important. <laughs> this is going to so be a good. nightmare episode. In it's like a, so bad. In like a year when you have to edit this, you're going to be like, wow, where did we both I get stoned yeah. before we did this? Yeah, <laughs> you are so high. Um, but yeah, I, I gonna... sincerely do think that that is on purpose. No, yeah, it, I, it has to be like there, there. There's no way they were just like like the extra showed up wearing a wig. And they're like, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Like, there's a whole decision <laughs> behind why this guy looks this way. A hundred percent. Um, I'm just mostly confused why Buffy would tear that apart usually. And, yeah, but well, it also plays it's... into her mindset of like yeah. where she is because of what she learns in this episode and like where she is in that fight. Yeah, maybe so it's hitting a little too close to home. Maybe she doesn't want to yeah. make fun of him because she, she makes fun of him. She has to make, make fun, fun of, of Spike, Spike. <laughs> and she thinks Spike is super hot, so she can't yeah. make fun of him. <laughs> Oh my god, we're gonna, we're gonna make it through this episode, I promise. Are we? I are don't we? I That's don't the think real we question. are. <laughs> Ten years from now, they're like, I think Kristen and Trevor are still talking. Here, about we'll get th- this week we'll do two parts about Fool for Love, and then next week we'll do two parts about Darla, and then we'll yeah. pick back up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A whole month of oh, just these crossovers. Yeah, it would be perfect. 
Um, and then so Buffy, basically she fights this vampire. He grabs her hands and get, gets the stake into her stomach, which yeah. is jarring. I remember watching it like, oh my yeah. God, that's a lot of blood. And it's so fast too. It's mm-hmm. not like a lot of cold opens are a lot longer than this. Um, but it's it's just like that and then titles, you're like, oh shit. So she tries to run. She's genuinely scared, as and she's are you. Very injured. Like it's yeah. people don't realize when you get abdominal injuries that it affects your entire movement. Like oh, yeah. even well, though she's super fast and she's used to pain and stuff like that, it's like it's hard also, to walk. Not for nothing. This isn't just like like even just getting stabbed in the gut with a knife is really bad. This is yeah. a whole circle that just got pushed into her. She has a yeah. a circle. She has like a one inch <laughs> diameter circle in her stomach right now. It's not a slit. Yeah, it's no, literally it's, a hole. And in it's her like stomach. like it's pretty. It's a pretty. I mean, it's sharp enough, but it's like pretty blunt and it's wooden. Yeah, like so it's a there's lot. a lot going on in her stomach. I'm surprised she's upright. Like yeah. So yes, run away, Buffy. And then Riley jumps in and saves her. He legitimately saves her he life. Does. Like she's straight up about to die right here. And he jumps on him. Uh and he he even stops himself from chasing the vampire because he realizes Buffy's hurt. Um and then he's and then we cut to the next scene where he's patching her up. And he, along with Buffy, is confused. So tell me about the bad guy or guys. What do you think they were? Vampire. How many? One. So what? He was like a super vampire or something? No, he was the regular kind. He just beat me. It had to have been more than just like some random vampire, especially with what you and I have talked about, which is Buffy is like so refined in her vampire slaying at this point. And she even says that in this episode. She was like, I'm in the best physical shape of my life. I will say... I don't like Riley's tone because he's like, he's like really, really shocked that it was just one vampire. And I'm like, dude, yeah, you You need a a grenade later. Okay. So shut your mouth. (laughs) Yeah. When it it was funny, because like when he starts, it's the natural, like I could see Willow or Xander or Giles doing the same thing. Like, was this like some really, was this like an Adam type, you know, bad guy? Um, And, but then he, berates the topic yeah to a degree where you're like dude read the room buffy is beating herself up and is not okay with this like you don't need to be like well how the fuck did you do it you dumbass like how did you almost die he can't pick up on the social cues that she's putting down like about how she doesn't really want to talk about it and you know that she's clearly distressed and everything and also I just am at that point with Riley now where like in the first place he's totally overstayed his welcome all he does is pick fights with her and talk nonsense about how she doesn't love him when clearly she does to the best of her ability and so I'm just at that point where I'm I'm like it doesn't matter what he does I hate I hate the way he does it yeah (laughs) go away riley please go away um and then dawn bursts in and she covers for buffy which i think is great it's fantastic buffy's a little mean to her but she uh like immediately catches herself yeah and uh shows dawn her wound come on who's the man you are a very short annoying man if i show you something you promise you won't tell oh cool I, I mean, gross. And mom cannot know. Which is great, Buffy. And Dawn is like, 
that's awesome. <laughs> and then she, super and then, into it. Yeah, Buffy looks at her and she's like, um, excuse me? And she's like, I mean, yeah. gross. It's I, gross. <laughs> what I mean to say. I do love uh, this, especially coming on the heels. Not totally on the heels because we had family last week. Right. But I do love that it's like they do seem to have settled into more of a legitimate sister relationship, yeah. like a loving sister relationship. In the fact that like Buffy is taking her into her confidence and yeah and like they they do have a bonding moment where Dawn lies for her. I just think it's sweet. I I like I think, Dawn. Yeah. I think it's great. I, I love Dawn. I just it's funny. I must have hit a Dawn Summers algorithm pin somewhere. Probably because mm. I said I love Dawn on Twitter yeah. and so all <laughs> all of the algorithm gods like tapped into it. But I keep just keep getting all these fan edits of like Dawn Summers just being awesome. I'm like, how do people not like Dawn? Nice. She's so great. Um, and then at first it seems, oh yeah. So then Buffy, Buffy, Riley's going to go patrol and Buffy's like, please just don't do it by yourself. Yeah. Which is reasonable. You're just a human man. Like she would not want Giles or Xander or Willow to go out by themselves either. Yeah. And none of them ever do. And none of them, they're not dumb. Because they know their limits. (laughs) Right. And so she says, please bring the gang with you. And, um, they cut to him. At night, and at first you think he didn't listen to her because mm-hmm. you just see him roaming. You're like, you fucking dick. And then you see them walk up, and it is so funny. It's so funny. The like, because it's funny in two parts. One because she is there. Are uh, Riley is just like super military mode, and they come up, and so at first you're just like, guys, what are you doing? But then when you go to their perspective, he looks ridiculous, yeah. and they're just like, this is this is literally everyday life. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, yeah. <laughs> He like, I have so many issues with this because it's like, he's not a soldier anymore. They have, even Xander, we've discussed it multiple times, has used up the extent of his, you know, military knowledge. Right. So he's not a soldier anymore. They have never been soldiers for real. And like, what, how does he think, why is he operating like a unit and doing like arm (laughs) gestures and stuff? Like, it's not anything. And I do do think he looks more foolish than they do because also whenever they go out with Buffy, she's the muscle, you know, like they they need to be like alert and aware, but they are not going to be doing the fighting. So like, I don't know why this isn't just like, I don't know why he has to operate this way, why he's not just acting like Buffy when she goes out with them. Yeah. It's senseless to me. It, it's he's so ridiculous. It is it is it's such a great it's such a great blocking mechanism too because when he comes up mm-hmm. as ridiculous as it is, it is still it is Riley. We've seen him military in season 4 like okay, this is all your training and this is how you're approaching it. And when they walk up in the background, you're just like, you guys are so bright and loud mm-hmm. while he's sneaking. But then when you come back with them, you see him hovering behind a, a gravestone and you're just like, what are you doing? You dipshit. Yeah. Like, this is- it's just so stupid because it's almost less safe because he's yeah. the only one that knows what any of his gestures or anything mean. Right. So it's like he he's the only one that will be benefiting from that. And if he actually has to say something to them, they're not going to understand what it is unless he uses words right it's just it's so insane and then xander is very in love with riley yeah he's he's enamored with everything riley's doing he's like a cat you know a big jungle cat how come i'm not like that it's just so cool and then buffy and giles talk about slayers dying and she doesn't understand why there's no record of slayers dying and i love giles's 
facial expressions throughout mm-hmm. this whole scene because you can just see it's tearing him up inside just thinking about her dying. Yeah. Why didn't the watchers keep fuller accounts of it? The journals just stop. Well, I suppose if they're anything like me, they just find the whole subject too... Uh... Unseemly? Damn. Love you, but you watchers are such prigs sometimes. Painful, I was going to say. Like, I'm sure a watcher doesn't want to sit there and write in a diary about this child that they cared for. Yeah, like, the, dying. like, final moments. I right. do I do love that entire interaction, too, because you can almost feel him trying to put her off of the conversation. Like, yeah. not in a legitimate way, because he knows that she needs to know the information, but it's, like, it's clear that he also doesn't want to think about it. Yeah. So it's, like, he's trying, but... It, it also goes into the thing he says where it's like, well, the Slayers aren't really around to obviously talk about their final fight. And it's not as though you can sit the demons down and ask them. And so obviously the Watchers are the last people that you would be able to get to talk about it. But I think Giles is like one of the more hands on Watchers that the council has ever had, like where he will yeah. go out on patrol with her. But it's like most likely these girls have gone out on their own, like totally yeah. alone. And that's how they die. And in including the two we see in this episode, they were alone. Their watchers weren't anywhere around. Right. So it's like they wouldn't, they would just be able to record that they died and maybe what kind of demon got them. So it's like, it's a very nebulous system. Yeah. Um, It's such a great scene. It's very good. Um, And then this is where Buffy realizes that there's someone who can tell her and we cut to her throwing him against the wall. Ow! Wait, not Al. Are you feeling all right, Slayer? This stuff usually hurts. And he's like mm-hmm. disappointed. He's like, <laughs> like, what's going on? Why, why are you being soft? But it's also like there's already a, a concern. Like he's already concerned. He's like, why didn't that hurt? Are you right. like, are you okay? Because that yeah. should have hurt. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. It's so fascinating. I okay. I can't. I'm. I'm going to wait until we get there. I have something to say about the very end that only oh. occurred to me in this watch oh, wow. of it. And so that's saying something. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Stay tuned yeah. for the rest of this episode. <laughs> we we just like cut there. We're like, see you next week. <laughs> Get murdered by our fans. <laughs> okay, bye. Um and so at the bronze Two slayers. Uh so yeah, <laughs> Buffy's just like give me the Cliff's notes. And Spike's like, all right, asshole. You want to learn all about how I bested the Slayers, and you want to learn fast. Right then. We fought. I won. The end. Like, it's he's like, do you want the story that is the the essence of how these Slayers died, or do you want literally what you already know? Yeah. So, like, I'm all the way on Spike's side, because you get why Buffy's very just like... <laughs> there, And obviously, there's all the arguments of, mm-hmm. like what Buffy's really feeling in the scene, how Buffy really feels about Spike, all these things. But like in the scene itself and what she's actively thinking about is like, I don't want to be doing this longer than I need to be doing this. And so she's like, just give me the information and go. And Spike's like, it doesn't work like that. Well, she does have other concerns going at the moment. And also... I because it's been this way since season four, since they like offered him shelter in season four. I think if you like sat Buffy down and like gave her truth serum, she would 
at, even at this point, because this episode is very acrimonious for the two of them. But I think it's mostly just because of all the stuff they're dredging up. Yeah. But I think if you sat Buffy down and gave her truth serum, she would have to admit that she has like a passing fondness for Spike. Oh, like yeah. she would have to admit she doesn't actually hate him. No, yeah, she you doesn't. Know? I think I think she she's confused about it and she yeah. suppresses it because a like it's objective that she finds him attractive. She's already said as much. Yeah, that she thinks, regardless of the level of how much she thinks he's attractive, like she finds him attractive, mm-hmm. and she does. She, he doesn't repulse her as much as she says that he does yeah. in her quips. Like she enjoys his company um, to some extent, and I think you're right. I think if she got the truth serum. Because and and it goes back to something blue where mm-hmm. she they literally only had to get married. They could have not been attracted to each other, not enjoyed each other's company, and yeah. just miserably been get you know getting ready for a, a wedding, which yeah. also would have been hysterical. Like also, it's not yes, yeah. it's not something where like oh they couldn't do that because then it couldn't be the funny thing. It's like no, it would be even more funny watching them like hate each other and have just to go be, through like, wedding planning. Like totally furious, but like. Yeah. <laughs> mystically compelled to get married (laughs) like that would be so funny so it's not a matter of they couldn't do it is there's a reason they didn't do it is because they're pulled to each other when everything's lifted away um so yeah and then so basically she finally gives in and spike starts to tell the story um and uh he also or he's he says it later um the thing about the friends that she's surrounded by Mm, yeah that's Um, much later <clears throat> and then he's but yeah he clarifies to her that it's not about the moves that she can memorize he and he also clocks that buffy's wounded mm-hmm. um and then i i love the transition of i've always been bad to poet william it is oh okay were you born this big a pain in the ass and what can i tell you baby i've always been bad luminous oh no <laughs> Radiant, better. Yeah, one or two, sir. Oh, ah, uh, quickly. I'm the very spirit of vexation. What's another word for gleaming? It's a perfectly perfect word, as many words ago. But the bother is nothing rhymes, you see. It is chef's kiss. It is one of the <laughs> best things ever. <laughs> I love him so much. It's sort of ridiculous. He is adorable with his little floppy hair and his like dandy outfit. And he's just like sitting by himself at a party asking passing waiters. What's another word for gleaming? Yeah. And I do. It's a perfectly perfect world. (laughs) It is. But, you know, I do have to admit that I have the word effulgent tattooed on my foot. Yes. I think. I think a lot of the people at Elysian Field saw it. I put it on Twitter at one point because someone yeah. else was showing off their um, Buffy, Buffy and Spike tattoo. And uh, so I have one as well. I <laughs> think it's so funny. It's just <laughs> so funny. It's so good. And, and it's it, what's interesting to me uh, is this William is at the, at the, like it's really in Spike. Mm-hmm. It's not like, Oh, that was like who he was, and now Spike is Spike, and it's like, no, that's who he is. That's who he is. That that sweet little, you know, and yeah. and and you see it come out at the end of this episode, and you see the Spike persona push it back down, mm-hmm. which I think is so fucking fascinating. Like just 
the levels of personality inside of Spike that he wrestles with. And it's not that he's one person pretending to be another and hiding it. It's he's all of these things that mm-hmm. are wrestling with each other. Like he's constantly all of these things, which is so fascinating to me. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I will also take it one step further and argue that Spike is kind of a costume that he wears. Yeah. I believe he is more William than he would ever want to admit, even right now with like no soul and the chip. Like right now, I think he's more William than he would ever say. And the other thing is, as much as I love this episode, I've always felt that the performance of Spike is like slightly off in this. Like it feels showier than he usually is. Mm -hmm. And, And that that accounts for 1880 1900 and the the present day of the show i think he's a little too showy and i i think he at different points is overcompensating for different things yeah my personal like headcanon which has also been informed by lots of fan fiction is basically that i don't i don't think he changed very much when he was turned and we do get actual confirmation of that later. Yeah. So I think he was still largely the same as he was as a human, just with more confidence and fewer inhibitions. And so I think his initial spike personality costume was so that he could live up to Angelus and Darla. And then I think, I think he kind of gets taken under by it by the time that they're in China. And then I think he's putting it on again in the present day because he is trying to kind of like do a distraction from how he's in love with Buffy suddenly. Mm -hmm. So he's like going over the top and like waving his hand over here. So you don't see him in love over here. (laughs) Yeah. I just think it's like, it's sort of like, I don't remember what we were talking about something else. And I was like, I think the, I think the bad acting, it was on purpose. And I don't remember what we were talking about, but Regardless, I feel that with Spike in this one, too. It feels like he's not doing a good job necessarily. Like James Marsters might not be doing a good job until you look like one level deeper and you're like, oh, no, he's doing a bad job on purpose. It's like Like he's overcompensating. Yeah, like he's acting like a bad actor because he he as a person is overcompensating for these feelings that he has. Yeah, he's that trying he knows to hide he them, shouldn't yeah. be having, and yeah. that again throughout all of the flashbacks that we get in this episode, he's doing that. Yeah, it's he's just like fascinating. I think. Are you thinking of Faith when we were talking about Faith being? Yes. Yeah, that is what I'm thinking of because that's why um, people. I as I said it before, people are like Eliza Dushku is not even a good actress, and I'm like, is she not a good actress or is she like the best actress? Yeah, is she like, really good at this? Because <laughs> it's really fascinating, and yeah, and that's the kind of stuff I love. Like from watching these things over and over and over again, is picking up on stuff like that because I was like, I was like, I do love this, but there's moments, and especially during the China scenes, where I'm like, why does he feel so awkward? And I'm like, oh, it's on purpose. He feels awkward because he is overcompensating so hard. Yeah. And it's just fascinating to watch. Yeah. He's trying to live up to this. Um, And so we see we see William sees Cecily and he walks over to her. I love 
I'm just going to spoil it because it's not like a huge spoiler, but Cecily will be back in season seven yeah. um, as sort of the vengeance demon. She's in season six as well. Is she? For the wedding. Right. That's yeah. right. She's in Hell's Bells. That's right. And, um, um, and in the one where they all get trapped in the house. But but yeah, but that's, but that's in season seven, isn't it? That isn't. Oh, that is in season six. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She's in season seven for that other thing. So, yeah. yeah. So, in season six. But season that one where they get trapped in the house, which I think is older and far away. Yeah. Um, is the one that I'm referencing because it's when Spike sees her again mm-hmm. and they recognize each other, which I think is fascinating. <clears throat> and I'm assuming it wasn't thought about here. I'm assuming yeah. it was, you know, they went, oh, we have this pool. That'd be interesting. Let's grab her. Yeah. And then it could be like a fun little, we don't have to. And there's the whole, I don't, I don't know if you read it, the Spike comic where it was him versus Hellfreck and it no. was a flashback. It's not canon, but- oh, okay. uh, it was. It's this really interesting story where, like, he's fighting her to protect somebody, and it doesn't work in canon because you know for the reasons that it yeah. can't work in canon <laughs> <laughs> that I don't want to spoil. Um, but he's fighting her after season seven uh, mm. to protect somebody, and it was. It's flashing back to the reason she was mean to him in this scene is uh, because she was trying to get him out of there. She actually always liked him, but she was about to kill everybody. Mm. Um, Oh, like and but she she basically he grants a wish and then she get, basically gives the wish like mm. he grants a wish to someone and he conveys it to help to Cecily. Mm. He's like, can you believe he said he wishes we were all bloody? And she's like, wish granted and kills. Oh, them OK, all. interesting. Um, w- interesting. Which I always thought was fascinating. And I always accidentally <clears throat> like think that's in the Buffy comics. I'm like, oh, there's a but it's just this. It's random, a different one, Canonical yeah. spike comic. I do. I do love the notion that she is already there to do vengeance or like maybe she is there for him, you know, like because they are horrible to him. Like maybe that's why and it doesn't go really to plan or whatever. I don't know. I find it fascinating. I I love stuff that explores that. Yeah, I love I love building out lore. Um, so yeah, all that to say, Cecily will be back later for anybody watching for the first time, and we just spoiled a bunch of stuff. Anyway, um, <laughs> William prefers placing his energies into greater things of beauty, <clears throat> and they read his poem, and it's bad. They, they, get, they think it's hysterical. It is pretty uh, funny, and it's pretty bad. My heart expands. Tis grown ebullient, inspired by your beauty, effulgent. Effulgent. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to spoil something as well. That's from, like, I want to say potentially the final episode of Angel. Where oh, he, yeah. He goes to, like, an open mic and he, he reads it like slam poetry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's such a... There's so I, much swag in that performance. Like, it's... <laughs> So good. I thought you were going to talk about when Angel tells Spike he likes his poetry, and I was like, "Oh, I do also love that. I think it's I fantastic." Because <laughs> then like, you love Barry, you Manilow. like Barry Manilow because he's like touched at first, and then he's like, "You like Barry Manilow." Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Um, and then we get all the references. They call him William Bloody because his bloody awful poetry. I'd rather have a railroad spike in my head. Yada, Stop yada, giving yada. him ideas, man. I know. My goodness. <laughs> Um, Cecily tells him to leave her alone. All I ask is that that you try to see me. I do see you. That's the problem. You're nothing to me, William. You're beneath me. 
um, which is significant. And so I always it's read this. so significant. I always read this scene as he is telling Buffy this. No. Like, she, like I always read it as she knows this. So, like, because no. I never, you're <laughs> like, I don't accept that at all. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I no. always read it as she was taking the information as a way to get at him because it seemed like such an odd chance to say the same exact thing that would cut him so deep. That's why I like it because yeah. it's because it's an accident. So yeah. like, okay, my my read of when they do flashbacks like this, especially in this one, is that he is telling the story, but he's telling it differently to how it like actually happened and how he's remembering it. Because yeah. for me, there's literally no reality where Spike would be like, what can I tell you? I've always been bad. And then immediately talk about how he was a right. total foppish dandy. Yeah, that's true. He would I, never. I retract. I completely retract. And like, You're right. <laughs> and like, he's already humiliated enough because Buffy knows he's been dating Harmony. He would yeah. never talk about getting rejected as a human. <laughs> like there I just there's simply no way. And so it's like with this one and then the other one that she does in season 7 where she says literally the most devastating thing you can to someone but by accident, I also don't think she knows in yeah. that episode. I yeah. I think there's no way and it's just a common like You're beneath me. I think it's like I think in the moment she does kind of feel that way, but also I think she kind of knows that it would be something that would hurt him the most. No, I you're you're right. I retract completely. <laughs> I've changed I've changed my opinion. Kristen has changed my opinion. Good. Nobody come after me in the comments. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I just I like, think he, you're, I he, think you're right. I I think he yeah. you're yeah, the the thing that sold me from what you just said is he definitely didn't tell her the pathetic part because he's straight up trying yeah. to put on a show of I've always been bad. Right. He didn't go. I've always been bad. Just kidding. Actually, I was a yeah. total dork. And <laughs> just this girl kidding. Told me, I went yeah. to Oxford and I'm actually <laughs> yeah. like really smart and right. I was a wealthy like nobody. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I I changed my opinion. Um. And then uh, do, 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 do. Drusilla finds William outside, and he's very upset. Um, she pulls a ful- she essentially pulls a fulgen out of mm-hmm. the air by mm-hmm. reading his aura or whatever. I see what you want: something glowing and glistening, something effulgent. Okay, she also like. I love when they utilize Drusilla like this where mm-hmm. because it's less bonkers and more like straightforward like mysticism mm-hmm. which I like that so much better because she yeah. says all kinds she says all kinds of like kind of lovely things to him like oh, your yeah. your true wealth lies in your spirit and your imagination and the you walk in worlds the others can't begin to imagine is one of my favorites it's so good. And and yeah. she offers him the choice. She does. She asks, which do you want it? Yeah. Yeah. Which they, is, you know, I mean, to what we said about Spike with Willow, where he offered her the choice. Yeah. Um. So Darla was, like, the master kind of offered it to Darla. Yeah. And Darla kind of offered it to Angelus as well. Yeah, no, it's it's super fascinating. But, like, he, but he did not offer it to Drusilla. And so no. I think that that is kind of a point 
where she's like, I'm going to ask. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to ask permission. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Wait, so you're saying everybody asked for consent except for Angel? No, I can't, that can't be what no, I'm that's, saying. No, I'm sorry. That's, that's weird. That's 100% that, that what I'm insane. saying. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I'm the no shade to Angel. Um, extreme shade to Angel. Angel. (laughs) He is in the shadows. Come on. Um, Drusilla finds William outside. Blah blah blah. Uh. I, I do love, love that he's just like shrieking ow, ow, yeah, ow I by do. the end of it. <laughs> I, was just, I was just about to read my note. I absolutely love this slow realization of how much pain this is. Yeah. before Because he he eventually gives into it and it's like, yeah. you know, and it's serene at the end. But just like, the, oh, ow, 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 it's very funny. Screaming is so funny. Um, and then we go to Ry- Riley and the Scoobs. Riley says there's too many vamps and that they should come back later. He's totally lying. Uh, <sighs> Riley. Spike Spike, and Buffy continue. Uh, he tells Buffy that he had to get himself a gang. Quote, unquote, get himself a gang. And that he joined the yeah. gang of Drew, Darlin. This part is hilarious to me because, like, we've already established that he is lying, essentially. Mm-hmm. about Or, like, you know, telling selective truths about right, yeah. a lot of this. But it's like... Buffy knows how that all happened, like how this part happened. She like knows that he was the last to arrive and that like he didn't go find them. Like right. she, she, she knows who his sire is. Like, it's very <laughs> silly of him to be like embellishing the truth of this. Right. <laughs> also, I I really want to see because I think it's like 20 years between siring Drusilla and Siring Spike, right? It's like 1860 and 1880. Um, I want to see the third wheel insanity that is Drusilla along the along for a ride with Darla and Angel. Um, I, I feel I, like I don't want to get too graphic. I don't think she was third wheeling. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, they were. I, don't, I think they were threesoming yeah. a lot. <laughs> oh no, I think they definitely were threesoming a lot. I just like am so like they never tapped into that at all. They they don't ever yeah. show us just the three of them, and especially because the last time we saw Darla was just like not into the idea of Drusilla being a vampire. And then next we see her, it's like Drusilla turning Spike. I'm like, well, there's 20 years there of Darla having. (laughs) And then Darla in this episode looks at Drusilla like, you crazy bitch, what are you saying? (laughs) I'm like, I want want 20 years of that. I want to see that. (laughs) So it's kind of one of those things that it makes me feel like, um, like when you have like a dog and you're like, we should get our dog a dog. To like yeah. to tire it out. Yes. So it's like they got Drusilla and Darla yeah. was like, or like Angel got Drusilla and Darla was like, you need to handle this. And he yeah. was like, I'll just give her a dog then. Yeah. And he was like, go make this. yourself a playmate. Yeah. And she got Spike. And so it was like, you've you've done this to yourself. Yeah. It's so good. Um and then in Yorkshire, 1880, Spike tells Angelus that he goes by Spike now. He's tearing up the towns. It's Spike now. You'd do well to remember it, mate. I'm not your mate. Um, I love that Angelus calls out his different way of thinking. What did I? Why did I say that? Angel's different way of thinking, because he's like, you have to. Well, because Spike is all very like, I just want to fight. Also, I I need to like interject and say that it's not even been an entire year. It's still eighteen eighty. 
Yeah. <laughs> they're just he's not in London. Like, he they're, immediately, yeah. They're just like 60 miles north of London and that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Which also, to, to your point, um, or here, you want to say, so you don't forget what you were going to say? Uh, well, you asked about the different ways of thinking. I think oh, it's just yeah, yeah. The, the way that they operate. Like, angels, like, it, the kill is only worth it if you, like, instill terror first. And Spike is like, you're ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't you just want to, like, fight a mob? Doesn't that yeah, sound dope? Like, Let's go fight fun? a mob. Yeah, yeah. That that might be what I was trying to talk about. Like, there, there are different ways of approaching this. Yeah. Um, he does, he says... I don't know. I wrote. I love Angel calls out his different way of thinking. I think. I think. Pr- if I had to guess what you are talking about, um, you're I'm pull it up. You're like this, calling. I'm... You like that Angel called himself out. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, I wrote the wrong word, which is why I was confused. Oh, Angel calls out Spike's different way of speaking. Oh. Ah, ah, okay. Uh, which I thought was fascinating because he does take on a completely different style of yeah. speech. He's not timid in his language, and he's well. It's not like an upper crusty accent yeah, anymore. Yeah, either. yeah. Um, I I like that that subtle reference to like why he all of a sudden is different to the William that yeah. we uh, learned about. Um, so yeah, I just wrote the wrong word while I was typing, which is fun. <laughs> anyway, um. So, but to what you were saying uh, about um, the the thing earlier, I think what's interesting is Spike, this being in 1880 still, mm-hmm. and him tearing out tearing up the towns and causing so much chaos within the year, also speaks to what you were saying about him putting on a show. Yeah, because what we learn in season seven is he immediately did a very William thing yeah. when he was turned. And the trauma of that spins him into putting on this persona and like full on going nuts. Yeah. Like it all, it's not something where like this happens and you're like, wait, but he was tearing up the town. Like it all tracks emotionally 100%. and like mental health wise. You're just like, oh shit. Yeah. He was just like, well, fuck it. I'm going hard on yeah. this. Maybe it's we like, should have oh. found Dr. Freud. Yeah. Like yeah, maybe we should have talked about some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Let's deal with this. So I, th- I think that's super fascinating. Um, and then Darla's reacts. Oh, yeah. So this is where Drusilla says the most insane yeah. shit. And Darla looks at her like, yeah, good point. You fucking psychopath. Like, what are you it's hysterical. About? I think our boys are going to fight. The King of Cups expects a picnic. <laughs> but this is not his birthday. Good point. It's so great. Um, I love how little patience she has for her. She like looks at her immediately. Is like stop. (laughs) Even we're gonna get some stuff in in this season. I think season two of Angel. Um, we're gonna get some stuff in there too. And it just she has like even still no patience for her, and it's so funny. Absolutely, it's so good. Um, and then Angelus tells Spike about Slayers. To which Spike in the present day said, after that, I was obsessed. And I just went, yeah, you were. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so we go to China, 1900, Boxer Rebellion. Spike versus the Chinese Slayer. I love this fight mm-hmm. so much. Me too. This is such a cool choreograph. So I love the set. Mm-hmm. Even though it looks like a set, like it uh, yeah. looks, it's just beautiful. Like I just love the lighting and the texture of all, all of it. It's yeah. really cool. Well, it's also like I love it being in the midst of this religious war, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And I and there's we get the we get his eyebrow wound 
in yeah, this and it's like a, i think like a cursed blade which is why it never healed even though he's a vampire i love that i love everything about it i also love that she's holding her own and until she's not and then once we get there in the next fight we'll talk about why but i don't know it's just it's captivating yeah it's like and and it, it that even goes to something later as well which is the like it does look like a choreographed dance like a tango like one of those really violent tangos it's so good it's It's so good fantastic (laughs) and also she's the only one that he bites yeah because he doesn't bite the other and he's never bitten buffy yeah it's interesting Mm -hmm. um drusilla walks in on spike and having killed a slayer and then spike and drew bang (laughs) in a burning (laughs) In a burning building, which is not bright for vampires, it's but distasteful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm all Drusilla. for a little kink, but there's a dead body right there. Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> uh, Drusilla tells Darla and Angel about Spike killing a Slayer. Um, and what I really, 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 really love about this is the two approaches of this moment here and then in the next episode on Angel. Because here, not having the context of Angel, you're like, oh, Angel's jealous that Mm. Spike killed a Slayer Mm -hmm. and Angel hasn't. But Darla gives it away a little of what's really going on in Angel's mind, Mm -hmm. the way she looks at him when... Drusilla says she smells fear, and he's like, "No, let's get out of here." Yeah. And Darla looks at Angel like, "What Uh the fuck?" Okay. It totally gives it away, which I think is great. I totally agree with you because I also was like watching Darla in this scene because I know that it's a companion to the Darla episode. I because she's like almost not in frame most of the time, most Mm -hmm. of this scene, and she's doing, Julie Benz is doing so much work with her face in the background. (laughs) It's fantastic. Yeah, whenever you get to see, absolutely fantastic. Whenever you get to see her, you're like, and then what's great is too, is like the iconic foursome Mm -hmm. shot of them walking in slow motion. Spike is on top of the world, literally lifted in the air. Drusilla is to the moon ecstatic about her lover. Angel is tormented yeah and darla is staring daggers like in the back seething. of angel's head yeah. Yeah. it is such a perfect shot i love it, it so much the tableau much. is unreal <laughs> oh so good it <laughs> blows my mind i just i do love getting to episodes like this because i'm like there it's just it, it's a lot of the times you're just like well and then they go here and then they go here and like obviously that's what you need to do to get this plot across but it's like this one feels like there was so much care put into it where it's like yeah i could i could break this episode down shot by shot and be like yeah. and then look at this in the background yeah. and look at that in the background <laughs> you see that guy with the pull stick with oh the way God. he's holding it it means <laughs> uh and then spike says best night of my life and buffy is super grossed out about it um <sighs> okay <laughs> This goes back to Faith stuff because she's like, ew, you got off on it. And he's like, yeah. And you're telling me you don't? And right. she and she just gets this holier than thou look on her face. And he's right. like, okay. Yeah. Because it's she like, doesn't say no. She's just yeah. like ashamed of it. But it's like, you for sure do. And just because the only people in your life who have told you that they also do that were bad doesn't mean you are also bad for that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, yeah. 
sometimes bad people do the right thing. Yeah. And it's just like, you're allowed to find a release in this thing that you do every night. It doesn't have to be such a heavy weight on you. Right. But she's like, well, it's my destiny. So yes, it must be an albatross around my neck. I must be Jesus or I must be death. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Um, Indeed. And then I, so this is literally nothing, um, but it's something that always stands out to me, uh, and it's and it's uh, a celebration of the for me it's a celebration of the dialogue of the show. And again, it is nothing. I'm not. It, I don't want to put too much weight on it. But the way Spike says, "You can kill a hundred, a thousand, a thousand, thousand." I think is super. I I just love that wording so much because obviously it would be hundreds, thousands, millions mm-hmm. um, would be like the logical way words go. <clears throat> but thou, a thousand thousand is, I don't know why. Like it, no, it literally is. rings with me every time where I'm just like, that's why I love this show so much. It takes phrasing and words and mm-hmm. just like mixes them all together and creates a whole other language, which is so fun to experience. Because yeah. if, if all of Buffy was just written straight, narratively like mm-hmm. our dialogue wise and it was just like the way we all talk i honestly don't think it would have popped as much as it did and i agree moments like these where i'm like yes this is what i fucking love about this show yeah I, I totally agree with you and i'll even take it one step further because he's telling that to buffy he's like how many of how many of me do you think you've killed because he says a hundred a thousand a thousand thousand and the armies of hell besides right and i mean Fuck off with that. Incredible. Because it also reminds me of a poem that was in Outlander and it's like a love poem. And it's I, I can never remember the exact like thing of it, but it's like talking about how much you like love somebody. And it's like, um, like a hundred and a thousand score and then a thousand and a hundred more. And it's just like that. Kind of, it's so good. It's like, so good. I language love it. is interesting and poetry it's is dope. So, it's so good. Because I'll even, <laughs> I'll even make it more of something or less of nothing like you called it and say that <laughs> that is Spike's poetic nature coming forward. You yeah, know, like that's how absolutely. as a poet, that's how you would say something like that. Like millions doesn't, roll off the tongue as well as a thousand thousand like yeah i don't know it's almost it's it's almost you could i'm we're definitely like fleshing this more than it deserves but are we you could yeah you you never can really i but it's it's almost like the william and spike because as we've established neither of them is the real him both of them are the real him and they they just kind of combat each other inside of him and Mm so once he embraced that spike inside of him that helped his poetry and the way he speaks because he does I love the way he speaks everything that he says it's Mm -hmm. all great like from the moment he showed up and Saturday is the day you die Mm -hmm. or it's the day I kill you it's like all the things that he says is so wonderfully worded and when it was just William he was so obsessed with like finding the upper class, the brilliant, the, the perfect beautiful, word. yeah, the yeah. perfect word instead of just going with the flow in life. And, you know, I, I think it's. That's, I think, one of the most interesting things about his character to me is that I think that Spike was always somewhere inside William. And conversely, I think that even once he became Spike, William was still in there exactly the same way. Yeah. And I think that's something that's what to me makes him so much more interesting of a character than Angel specifically is because 
Angel has this intense dichotomy where he is either one or the other, but mm-hmm. neither of them feels like a coat that fits properly. They both are lacking something. But they're it's all, like, and they're both bad. Too. And they're both bad. <laughs> but at this point, especially like at the point of this episode in this show, and it only gets more so, but it's like we've seen from his introduction as a character up to now, and we will continue that Spike and William are getting closer together. Like every time some kind of emotional revelation happens, they become less separate. Right. And I think that that's really fascinating, like coming to terms with both sides of yourself. And so it's like when the post season six thing happens, I think that's also part of the reason that it impacts him differently. Yeah. Because he's already come so together with himself. Yeah. And he's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, Which we'll get to. Uh, But yeah, no, I completely agree. I think. I think it's super fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, spoiler alert, Kristen and Trevor think Spike is fascinating. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've grasped this over five here, seasons. <laughs> if you're new here. Um, and then Spike hits her wound to show that she can't handle herself. because mm-hmm. she, She's like, I can handle myself. And he's like, actually. Um, I do also, Rod- I like the way that he's like framing this as a, like a lesson. Because yeah. he also was like, you have to always reach for your weapon you have to always have that because mine is always literally right here and that that is when he like pokes her with with the pool stick i think too or does Uh, he just no i I think he he hits her in the stomach because everybody looks and they're like because he screams too because it hurts him "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) um and then we cut to riley showing up later at the vamp spot he kills all the vampires with a grenade Mm -hmm. well he does Stake the one, one that staked Buffy. I mean, it was smart yeah. to bring a grenade because it's like you are not going to kill five vampires. Yeah. Like Buffy would have a hard time fighting five vampires. Like you but have to alone, coordinate. Yeah, yeah, you have to coordinate the way you're fighting and like make sure you have exit strategy. So, um, so he at least comes with a grenade, but it's also just like, what are you doing, man? And it's, it's not. They it it it's handled in the next episode. Everybody's just like, "What the fuck, man!" Like you went like it. I like that it's not handled here because it. We need to focus on the Spike mm-hmm. and Buffy's story, and the Riley and Scoobies is just like, "What are they up to on the in between?" Yeah. Um. I like that we don't have to deal with the whole fallout of what he did here because then it would just kind of muddy this episode up. Um. And then we get back to Buffy versus Spike, and she says, "Give it to me." Uh. <laughs> Buffy goes in. So Buffy and Spike fight each other in the alley, uh, and Buffy goes in with a stake. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she gets on top of him with a stake, and I always read this scene as like she's she's back to feeling comfortable with him because the she's not necessarily forgotten, but like the power dynamic is absent of her conscious mind right now, mm-hmm. where it's you know she's not fighting this weaker thing because he's. Because he's dancing with her, yeah, and he's not just standing there like a weak vampire. And also, she's she's wounded, right? And she's yeah. wounded, so like, yeah, they're they're equal with her being wounded, and he's purposely not trying to hit her, so it feels like a dance. Mm-hmm. And so she, I'm always like, she goes in with a spike because like this is natural to her, and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I'm fighting Spike, I go in for the thing. Um, I think it's fascinating. I think it's a fascinating read on just like how how Buffy's brain works as well, yeah. which is interesting. I also, it, this goes back to the, the like language part of it, but him telling her that like she's not asking the right questions. Yeah. And it's also because Buffy is smart 
we've we've made that abundantly clear that we believe Buffy is smart, but he's right. She is not asking the right question because she's asking, how did you win? And he's like, you need to be more focused on why they lost. Right. It's not about me. It's about them. What's Ugh. what's fascinating to me is I personally think Buffy knows that and she's avoiding it. Like I think Potentially. she's I think she's like realized cuz she even says to Giles, "I know a slayer has an expiration date." Mm-hmm. And so like she realizes what Spike is telling her deep down somewhere yeah. and she doesn't want to she doesn't want to confront that. So she's looking for like the easy answer. Yeah. What it you know, Spike used a spell. Vampires use this spell to finally kill her. like and she know it doesn't exist. She knows there's not an easy answer, but she's like trying to find some easy way out other than like I'm ready to die. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I think it is sort of like she's not yet willing to put her focus or or to either put her own focus or have Spike's focus on her. Yeah. Uh yeah. It's it's so good. It's uh, and I, I love the cutting back and forth between the subway fight and the fight between them. It's yeah. such great choreography and editing and everything. It's so good. And then Buffy mm. says, you think we're dancing? And he says, that's all we've ever done. And it's like, yeah, you have. <laughs> so to get back to my foot tattoo for a second, I also, <laughs> I, I chose multiple flowers because in Victorian flower language, they are an indication of wanting to dance with uh, oh. the person you love. Oh my god, I love it. I love it so much. I am a humongous nerd. (laughs) Shocker. Yeah. Um, And then Buffy doesn't like what he's saying. Oh yeah, I just wrote that. I already just said Mm -hmm. that Buffy doesn't like what he's saying because she knows it's true. And it also speaks to the theme of the season, honestly. It it so speaks to the theme of the season. He, okay, because it's not the same as like what happens in a handful of episodes, but he straight up looks her in the eyes and says, death is your art. Yes. That is a very specific thing. And that is something so interesting about Spike as a character, because he, he, you cannot get rid of the poetry of his character because he just is like very philosophical. And he is the fact that he is so on the money about it too. I think that also scares Buffy that she's like, I can feel that you are right. And that is terrifying because when he's saying the whole thing, when he's like every day you wake up and you wonder if today is the day that you die and part of you wants it. Right. Like that is fascinating. It's also interesting because um, Spike, I think we passed it in a previous scene. What's interesting with Spike is he knows Buffy so well. Mm -hmm. And like you said, he's very philosophical. He's smart. He's aware. He pays attention to everything, regardless of his schemes always failing. Like he's bright and Mm -hmm. he knows what's going on. Um, And he brings up, he even brings up in an earlier scene to Buffy, you survived because you have friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you survive longer than most layers because you're surrounded by society and family and friends. Yeah. The other ones weren't, which is things that we've talked about. And it's something that everybody in the Buffy fandom has talked about. Like it's a very. Um, like she let a, people in and she has right. connections to the world. If she didn't have. Oh, my God. I just got chills. OK. If she didn't <laughs> have these connections to the world, she would have 
had this kind of death wish like a lot sooner. And what's interesting about what is coming in this season is that she does lose people through their fault and no one's fault. And I think it starts to chip away at her. Mm. I think it really does in a way that I don't think she was prepared for. Yeah. Even with this conversation, I don't think she had the wherewithal to actually be processing that because I could. There are two, uh, two official losses, but you could count four depending Mm -hmm. on how what you consider a lot like three and then one potential loss, depending on what you consider an actual loss. And I do think it breaks her down. Yeah. Before the end of the season. It's so good. God damn it. I know. It's insane. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is such a good season. Such a great episode. Um, I also I, I, I prefer the fight choreography with Nikki on the subway. Oh, yeah. As opposed to the Chinese Slayer. Um, and and the way it weaves into his fight with Buffy oh, yeah. is absolutely spectacular. The way that he's got the pool cue, but then in the past he has the subway pole part of it yeah. or whatever. It's and incredible. Him being on top of Nikki looking up. By the way, we know her name because of season seven yeah. to the audience who hasn't watched the show yet. Um, I actually do but- think the Chinese Slayer has a name, but I've never been able to commit it to memory. Um, but at, he's he's on top of her. Like one of my favorite shots is him on top of her looking up and talking at to Buffy, Buffy oh as Seventies yeah. Spike. It's such a great back and forth. I love it so much. Um, I also um I we just have to do a shout out for how hot Billy Idol Spike is. Oh like, my god! Full punk like Ooh. 70s punk spike. Yeah, Woof. and I also I've said before Spike with curly hair just. <laughs> gets me every time so he's got his hair curly in that one i know you I don't but. <laughs> like, it depends i like it in this one because it fits yeah. the whole like vibe the but look, i yeah. i don't i You're don't love <laughs> men with curly hair like with it where it's really defined curls that's not uh, my vibe <laughs> <laughs> no i love it so much i just want to run my fingers through his curls he's so adorable there's so much product in that hair i know it, might, it would just be like <laughs> <laughs> My hands will be all sticky. I'm like, yeah, Ugh. gross. Um, and then he tells Buffy Party, who's desperate to know what's it like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, every Slayer has a death wish. And then, oh yeah, and this uh, this is where Spike even knows, this is where he says it. So I was wrong. It wasn't in a previous day. Spike even knows that her longevity is tied mm. to her connection to the world, um, which I think is really fascinating. It's, it's yeah. another thing, because she, like imagine someone else. Imagine there was this other vampire that they captured, they put a chip in, she found mm-hmm. out, like the whole thing, she was fighting him and then he couldn't attack her and they were, she was like, well, I can't kill him because I won't kill a defenseless puppy. Yeah. And then she found out that vampire had killed, like just for argument's sake, she found out that she wouldn't give a shit what that vampire had to say about anything. She'd be like, Mm-mm. whatever, like that vampire. But there's a reason she's trusting and listening to Spike in this whole episode. I completely agree with you. And I think it's basically a culmination of everything we've talked about before this episode, which honestly, like this episode really informs a lot of my opinions about the earlier episodes. But it's like why I'm so passionate about them being really on equal footing from minute one, from like his first scene 
in this show. I think that they are on equal footing. And I think that that I, I don't even think she's necessarily registered it consciously, but subconsciously that is in her her mind. She's like, I think she just sort of knows that he's her equal and yeah. she can't she can't kill him while he's incapacitated. It right. would be wrong. Like, that's not the the like just thing to do. And yeah. it also would like as much as it would go for like Spike's internal poetry to still be taken out by a slayer, he would be so disappointed not to go out with a fair fight. Right. You know, and the same for her. She's like and and I think that's what I think she protests too much because he's that's what he says. He's like the minute that you decide you want to die the minute that you're done i'm gonna be there and Mm -hmm. it's gonna be my good day like it's gonna be me and so the fact that then she says it would never be you and she says you're beneath me i think she's protesting too much because i think i think again if we were to be able to sit buffy down and give her truth serum she would be like the only worthy death for me is if it was spike like, yeah. <laughs> if Spike killed me, fine. fine. Like, we go out swinging together. That's the only way. Random 80s vampire <laughs> yeah. stabbing me in the stomach? Get the fuck out of here. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, And then he says here in the, the lesson, yeah. and and then I just wrote his his crush comes out a little when he gets he close to her. He tries to kiss her. He tries to kiss her. I love <laughs> the breathing pattern of Spike uh-huh. as he's, like, as he's working up the courage to kiss her. Yeah. Hold. Mom, did I scare you? You're the slayer. Do something about it. Hit me. Come on. One good swing. You know you want to. I mean it. So do I. Give it me good, Buffy. Do it. Spike. I think it's so... It's so fascinating because he could just like go in. He mm-hmm. could just go in for it and be like, whatever. But you know, he's so nervous because he really, really, he's got all these emotions and he does not know he, how to handle them. He's he like tries, literally like, like he's panting. Yeah. He does not know he how to He tries to go in go. so slow too, yeah. where I think he would have had a lot more success if he had just done it. And Buffy's look, she's just like, what, what are you, are you outside doing? of your mind? <laughs> well outside of your we mind. We are not there. <laughs> uh, we did. Uh, the only thing we skipped, I think, is that he also, um, he got his coat from Nikki from, from the Slayer Nikki, yeah. in New York. Um, yeah. So that's where he got his coat as like a trophy. Um, and then Buffy says, it wouldn't be you, Spike. It would never be you. You're beneath me. Before she says it, she pushes him down on yeah. the ground. And, and two things. The first thing is that he's taken so by surprise that he falls all the way on his ass. Like he's yeah. not, he's like all the way and back on his his arms too. And the second thing is that the coat comes off his shoulders and it's kind of like pooling at the bottom of his arms. I think that was also deliberate. It's like his armor. Yeah. And it has fallen off partially. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ah! <laughs> show's so it's... good. I can also see you, obviously, every time that you put your head down on your microphone because I keep saying I have two things to say. <laughs> Cause, uh, no, because I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> 
God, this episode's so good. It's stupid. It's and then stupid th- how good this episode is. And then she throws a wad of money at him at the Which ground. Which is awful. It is <laughs> so mean. Okay. It is so mean. It is. It's so mean. But it's also like one of the hardest burns you can do to someone because oh, it happens sure. in Moulin Rouge also. Yeah. Christian does it and he, yeah. to Satine. And so I do just sort of, it's, it's very like... Take your money, whore! Like and get yeah. out of here. It's like very Victorian and overblown. It's yeah. like hilarious. It's like it took the "you're beneath me" of Cecily and then just added so much more horribleness yeah. to it. I was yeah. like, oh boy, Buffy, you really leaned in on that. It's I like, mean, it's and it's understandable because we need Spike to grab that shotgun. Oh, hundred percent. If she just pushed him down and said never, it'd yeah. be like, why are you grabbing a shotgun? Who fucking cares? Yeah. But like the really seeing mm-hmm. the vulnerable nature of who Spike is at his core and mm-hmm. what that did to him before he turned into a vampire and having that happen to him again when he's yeah. vulnerable again, it I like think, makes so much sense. I think that's also something that's really interesting about their relationship with each other is that they are kind of both like like feral alley cats because it's like he'll pick at her and she will get aggressive and then pick at him and he'll get aggressive but it's like only until one of them breaks and so it's like she gets really aggressive with him and pushes him down and throws the money on him but then it's like the minute she's out of view he is sobbing alone in the alley with just dollar bills scattered around him that is so vulnerable it breaks my fucking heart when yeah. Spike starts crying. Yeah. I am just like, and it's Because he's right back there yeah. to, the, to the place in his life where he had literally zero power. She just shot him like all 120 the way years down. into the past. Yeah, it's all the way down. Um, and I also love that the Spike part of him takes over and is just like, fucking buck up. Fine, yeah. Yeah, like, like I'll yeah, do it. Like, if You're making I, me do this. It's so it you're watching both sides of Spike perform in this moment. I think it's yeah. so fascinating. I do um, also think that there's like such a an interesting dichotomy here too because it's like he has made her vulnerable with all of this episode, all of this information he's given her. But the thing is is that she is feeling vulnerable and he is actively vulnerable. And so yes. because he was actively vulnerable and tried to kiss her and she literally pushed him to the ground and threw money at him, I think that's what makes him that's why she was able to walk away because he didn't know how vulnerable he made her. Mm-hmm. But but she knows how vulnerable she made him and yeah. that's why he's like, "Well, I'm going to shoot." Yes. You. This <laughs> like, needs to stop. <laughs> that's enough. It's funny because um I always misremember, like I know, I've seen this so many times and I know Fool for Love ends the way it ends, Mm -hmm. but I always, for some reason, misremember the shotgun happening. uh, I think I I always remember it happening at the end of Out of My Mind or No Place Like Home, like when Mm -hmm. he finds out he loves her. Like like, I always, for some reason, I'm like, oh yeah, he has the dream. He's like, fuck this, I'm gonna go kill her. And I forget there's like 
episodes of him yeah. just like, what is this? And no, then like it, being it, shit on yeah. is what makes him go, fuck this. Because that's the other thing, too, is I think that you could argue that he believes they are legitimately getting closer in this episode. Like, I, yeah. I think that's part of why he tries to kiss her, because he really believes that they have sort of crossed a relation or a Rubicon in their relationship mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, well, I told you like literally everything you asked for. I was extremely honest with you. And so I think that we're again on even footing. And she's like, ew. Yeah, <laughs> like, go away. S- still no, Spike. <laughs> yeah, what, are you crazy? Yeah. Because um, she hasn't had any of the, any no epiphany, of the active yeah. or epiphany thoughts that he has. Um and then Harmony's trying to be supportive, but she does say, she points out, you couldn't kill her before, what's different now? Which yeah. is very true. It's like, you very much could have just taken a shotgun to her at any at point any over point, the past yeah. three years. Which um, I do think is where some of the angel stuff lingers, because I do think part of him like wants to make a point of it. Yeah. Or like or did before he had the chip. But now I think, I just honestly think it was like, you made me physically and emotionally the most vulnerable I've been since I was human, and that cannot be allowed to stand. Yeah, I'm all so done with that. So he's just past his breaking point. But then we go to the flashback of flashbacks because mm. she's like, what's different now? And we see Drusilla telling him, Why can't you kill her? You're the one who keeps bringing her up. I haven't said a word about the bloody slayer since we left California. She's on the other side of the planet, Drew. But your life, I can still see her floating all around you, laughing. Like, all you care about is the Slayer, and he's trying to convince Drusilla that's not true. And she's like, and it's Drusilla. It's yeah. not just like a random person that he loves that, you know, is suspicious that he's obsessing. Like, she yeah. is reading she you knows legitimately. Things. She knows things outside the realm of the physical. Mm-hmm. She knows that the Buffy is all over you. The Buffy, the Slayer is all yeah. over you. And uh, she, and, and I love it. I love that the reason he came, because we talked about it in Harsh Light of Day, mm-hmm. where it was like, you got the ring. Why didn't you just fucking bail? Why did you come fight Buffy? And it's like, oh, because he needed to get Buffy dead. He, he needed, needed to prove it to, be, to Drusilla. Yeah. Yeah. He needed this to be finished, which is like such great back writing. I don't know if it was the plan the whole time or if they were mm-hmm. just like, well, you know what? Maybe Drusilla said this, but it's really like it all connects beautifully. I think it's yeah. fascinating. I will also uh, point out for any people who have watched this many times before, but perhaps didn't pick up on this. She tells him he tastes of ashes. Yes. Which is a thing <laughs> to keep in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention just, to that. Just saying. Um, and then the cut to the antler demon. Oh my god, the chaos demon. Hysterical. They're all slime and antlers. <laughs> he's just like, uh, I didn't because he also he's like the chaos demon is so nice. He's like wearing yeah. a suit and yeah. he's he's so friendly and he's like, oh man, I didn't know she had a she was like involved with somebody. I'm really sorry but i do just love that spike is like not like friendly at all and he's like you're carrying on with creatures like this and it's like so so derogatory funny (laughs) and he's just standing there drinking a beer in like peru or wherever it also made me think too like does this guy go through a new set of clothes every day because that suit looks brand new and he's just getting slime all over it and i'm like like also buying new clothes every day does the slime 
like excrete from the antlers yeah like what, <laughs> what is what biologically is what's happening <laughs> <laughs> i need details um and then yeah she says you're all covered with her uh buffy comes home to joyce packing or she says it and and we're left with spike like mm-hmm. uh, thinking about it and then we come home buffy sees joyce packing she also says, Very, "Where, where's my conditioner? And she says, did you check under the sink? And Joyce comes back with a bottle of something that is not conditioner. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's, I found this, this bottle of like, water. Fine, sure, well, Joyce, that, that's that fine. Works. That's conditioner. Um, so she has to go to the hospital and have a CAT scan because it may not be nothing, which is very upsetting. And Buffy goes out back to cry. Uh, and Spike arrives with a shotgun. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite endings of any episode of uh, television or movie yeah, ever. Yeah, 100%. Um, he, I, I love this moment and turn so much. A, because it's such a pillar of the series. Yes. Like this, this specific moment, this moment when Spike cocks the gun, mm-hmm. sees Buffy cry, and then you watch everything wash away from him. It is such a face journey. It's such a journey on his face. And and it's such a, a turning point for Spike because nothing he's done has con- nothing he's done with Buffy has conveyed this level of care mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. We've we've seen him obsess and we've seen him but nothing has he, we've never seen James Marsters be like this yeah. with anybody on the show. And he's he's expressed care and concern about Drusilla, mm-hmm. things like that. But this was such a distinct moment to be like, we're about to experience a different spike. Yeah. Not in that his character changes, but like we're about to experience like legitimate spike. I think it's we're about to experience a like more spike. Like yeah, the, more the well deeper has deepened. Spike. Yeah. yeah. So I do I, I like that very well or very much as well. But I also think at first I think at first when he sees her crying, I almost think he thinks that it's because of him. Yeah. Like that he like went too hard in the scene mm-hmm. before. And I do love the way that she just says, What do you want now? Like like uh, more like how much more right. do you and want also ignoring the shotgun in his hand oh yeah she's like not, con- <laughs> she's not, not concerned like... for one minute about it and instead he just asks what's wrong and she says she doesn't want to talk about it and this is the thing that i noticed for the first time watching it this time oh he says is there something i can do and for one minute on her face i think she's considering it <laughs> Because her eyes get very wide and then she does that like kind of patented Sarah Michelle Geller, like, I can't believe I had that thought kind yes. of face. Though where her eyes are like Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think she's considering if she might ask Spike to do something about it. Oh my god. Yeah. Cause her face her face journey is very much just like ready to accept Spike and then like you said shocked that she has that thought yeah. but also not repulsed by it and not she because she doesn't tell him to leave she doesn't she tell doesn't, him to leave she doesn't yeah. say leave me alone she doesn't say yeah. go away she needs somebody yeah and he's there and she knows that he's not being a dick yeah and like and and she does the face too when like he pets her back yeah she's just like what is happening like her face is so like I could just I could I could literally watch that on repeat for hours and just study it because she's literally like what is happening this is comforting why is yeah. this comforting why is Spike here why is he being nice what, like 
was yeah. I too mean? Like all these thoughts are running through her head while also completely worried about her mom. Like yeah. it's I'm going to be a little clearer about what I mean because I don't actually think you picked up on it. I think she's considering asking Spike to turn her mother. Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Trevor's on the floor, you guys. (laughs) I did not. I did not. I did not catch that for what you said. Yeah, okay. I think for like the the first second... After he says, is there something I can do? I think it flies through her mind and she's immediately horrified with herself. Oh, wow. That's what I think. Uh... And oh it only, God. I mean, I am willing to, I'm i am not like dying on this hill or anything, but I saw it in her face this time and I was like, ooh. I will say, I, I, I personally don't read that from her, but I will say that would be a fascinating considering. The season considering seven of it all. The season seven of it all. I think that would be a fascinating alternate universe fan yeah. fiction story where like she asks him and he's like, you don't want that pet. Definitely like, not. Yeah. Trust me. I think that would be so fascinating. Yeah. Wow. I did not. I did not catch the. I was like, you were you're throwing. talking a lot about like it feels like you think <laughs> that she like I think she just wants to like bone him, but I'm like I mean probably, but that's, that was not where I was going this time. <laughs> Mark it on the records. Full for love was when Kristen knocked me literally out All of my chair. All the way out of his chair. <laughs> Sometimes I wish we were recording our, our yeah. like Skype calls so people could see. Yeah, it's just on YouTube. Oh my god. Oh wow. Um yeah. that is that is a thought in my head now. I'm uh. just saying again, like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to die on this hill. It's not anything that I've I like have any real deep connection to, but given the season seven like we were talking about, I think and even with her not knowing any part of that, I do think there's something there. where like she knows immediately that it's a bad idea like she would she would never do such a thing to Joyce but it is something in her mind where she's like this could go a really bad way but there is a way to like quote unquote fix it but I think it all happens in her brain in like two seconds and then she's like horrified by the thought of doing that so but I I was just a little something that I saw on her face this time watching it and I was like hmm Oh, there's yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and thus how fanfics are born. <laughs> Indeed. Maybe somebody will write it. Yeah. Um, I also I think the the ending of this episode being them sitting quietly oh my on God. the porch is yeah. it and what's great is they linger on it. They linger mm-hmm. on he he pats her and then he realizes like it maybe like maybe that's not what she wants, and yeah. she doesn't she doesn't push him away, but she's also just like she's going through her emotions about it. And then he takes his hand, and he's just there with her, very much yeah. like he is with her in episode three of season six. Yeah, where he's like just with her. Yeah, and not there's nothing that he gets out of it. I think it's so fascinating. Um, yeah, and I I love it so much, and I he love also so so much. He does put the shotgun like as far away from her as he can. Yeah, he's like we don't move need this it. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> it's so good, um, and I do I do love you're you're right about how he's not getting anything from it because I do love the kind of selfless nature of it where it's like he is going there to kill her and then he realizes that she's very sad and he's like well what's wrong because then we can like 
you know, go from there. And she says, I don't want to talk about it. And he immediately asks if he can do something like, right. Is there something you need from me? Or like, just even from another person, like just the fact right. that he's, how do we, how do I help immediately you? offering something What's to her? Also fascinating and slightly infuriating is she does tell him what's going on because he mm. tells Riley and yeah. No, it's in, to me it's infuriating because I'm just like, what? There's a whole conversation. They yeah, had well, after yeah, this. for sure, for sure. <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> and I do, I do love the notion that like he is asking, is there something I can do, knowing that he might get like forcefully smacked down for right. it. You know? He might get killed. Yeah. yeah, he's just like, I don't. You just told me I'm beneath you, and you're yeah. sad. I don't. You might straight up kill me. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. Such a good episode. So good. Um, so, hey, it wasn't five minutes. It was a lot yeah. longer than that. Um, yeah, like an hour and a half. <laughs> it's so good. Um, well, I'm glad we finally got to it. And Me I am too. also super glad that I can now create the artwork for it. <gasps> Me too. That I've been dying to make. I have to, I have to, I have, I, it's not going to be bad. I just have to like get through making the angel one of oh, yeah. guy, mm -hmm. guys will be guys. Um, so I'll knock that one out and then I'm just, I'm going to spend some time on the Fool for Love because I just like burned in my brain. I'm so excited. Can't anyway, wait. that is this episode. Thank you everyone for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Trevor Carley. And I am with my other show at So I'm Watching or my personal account at FiddleDD85. As always, do the things and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.